Welcome to the Broski Doodles Podcast. It's your boy Kiko Flow, Kiko Cervantes. And today I got you with a nice movie review. This is one of my classics. This is a movie that I actually have seen in the past. So I saw it again to do this review. Um, as always, you know, subscribe to the thing. Leave some comments, recommendations for movies, for reviews. And like it, okay? Um, obviously for this movie review and analysis... There's gonna be spoilers because we're gonna talk about the movie in depth, so just know that. And yeah, here we go. Uh, Office Space. Like I said, one of my classics. This released in 1999, but I probably saw it later than that um, in the 2000s. But as time went on, as I rewatched this movie across the years, it's gotten better and better because, you know, when you're super young, you don't really have the experiences of working in an office environment or just working in general and having to go through the, yeah, through the bullshit that goes with it. And as you get older, this movie is just much more relevant. So Office Space, this is directed by Mike Judge. This is the same guy <clears throat> that did um, Beavis and Butthead. He did uh, this movie, uh, this movie with, with the Wilson kid. Uh, about people just getting stupid in the future, which is very funny because it matches a lot of what we see today. Um, I, I'll think of the of the name um, shortly, but yeah, Mike Judge, he's great. He he does a lot of these funny type of stuff, and this is I think my favorite movie of his, and this is like a top ten movie for me. Uh, and I know it, this movie is 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 not impactful. It's not something that's too deep, but to me, it's just, it just hits all of the right notes and it does it within an hour and a half. To be exact, one hour and 24 minutes, which I think is like a lost art. Nobody gives a fuck about time constraints and making it, you know, making it a quick, not quick, but just making it the right time. Like two hours, three hours, you're fucking with my time. And a lot of times they don't come through with the, with the content. <clears throat> this movie, <clears throat> starting scene, super funny, you know, they're in traffic and you know it's a typical. Uh, there's this there's this part where there's like a guy in a walker, and he's able to move faster than Peter, the main the main character, which is uh, played by Ron Livingston. Um, <clears throat> classic. He he tries to skip the lane because there's traffic, and when he goes to the next lane, that's the lane now that's stuck in traffic. So it just shows you how like life is sucks for a lot of people, and all of these parts that make it sucky, like traffic, like the commute, you know. Uh, then you see the other guy <laughs> that's listening to rap music. I thought that part was super funny. Um, and then you see Samir too. He's a little more pissed off. So you get you get introduced to all of the main characters, which I thought was cool. Then you see the boss when he arrives at the at Initech, and you can already tell it's a piece of shit guy. He has like the parking spot for the boss, which I always thought was was a little bit like. I don't know. <clears throat> it just doesn't look right, you know, if you have like a parking spot that's just for you. But anyways, and then we see Milton as well. Milton is actually the movie is written based on an animated series that Mike Judge did previously called Milton. So this actually is like a side story to what the story of Milton is. And in this movie, Milton is sort of like the side character, although he takes <clears throat> part in a lot of what happens but in a more subtle 
uh, behind the scenes way, which makes it even more funny and interesting in the movie. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, so the the one of the ma the the first scenes, Peter's arriving, and the fucking boss who's annoying as hell, who has like this Jeffrey Dahmer glasses. Now that you that you look at it, comes through asking about the memos and like the TPG reports, not having the cover letter. So. Right away, he's already getting annoyed as shit. And even though this movie takes place like in 1999, where computing was a lot more, you know, old school than today, the concept still is relevant. It's like you still get all this bullshit procedures and stuff that makes no sense. But it's always just this bureaucratic slowness and... And you can already tell, you know, at the beginning of the movie, this guy just hates his job. Uh, and and th that's why I say this movie is gets better <laughs> as you get older because you relate to a lot of what they're going through. Uh, even if you don't work, like, in, in an office environment. Uh, but anyways, yeah. As soon as he starts working, he looks at the clock like, fuck, I, have to, I need to be here, like, for eight, nine hours, you know. Uh, <clears throat> you know, the, the passive aggressiveness of the boss... It's like, yeah, I'm going to need you to do this, right? Yeah, I'm going to need you to do this, all right? All right, is that all right with you? And it's very much, even though it's like a character in the movie, it's very much how it works in real life. Like with this passive-aggressive bullshit from the bosses. <clears throat> and they, you know, convey that in, in the movie really well. You see the, the scene with the printer? It's all fucked. <laughs> and this is something that, to this day, is like... Even though the technology has improved in a lot of ways and printers, you know, in theory have gotten a lot better and smarter, they still just never work. Like, there's always a fucking issue. I bought a printer recently because you kind of just need to print things at, at, at a point. I, I just can't go to fucking Kinko's and shit. <clears throat> so, so, I was like, okay, let's buy it. They're cheap. But then it never, like, when I need to print something, I need to do some troubleshooting before I can even print it. It will never just work right away. I need to tell it that it's okay that I have the ink, that he just, I don't want to buy more ink, and then connect it to the Wi-Fi. And I almost feel like they do it on purpose. Like, these printers have the technology to work properly, but they just never do. <clears throat> but anyways, so that, that scene is funny. And, and you, you would think that this movie, 24 years later, would look vintage, and it does. That's why I love it, that 99 look but you would think that it would be relevant because of how things were then and how things are now but the concept of the movie is so well and 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 and, and what they're talking about is so real to a deeper level that even though you know the computer might change the program might change the, the company logo and name might change we're still talking about the same concept the concept of this corporate ladder bullshit um so it's just so funny. Like, this movie is so great. The cinematography on it, I love it. I love what Mac Judge did on, on how it looks. And I remember delivering pizzas to, like, business centers, sort of like where Initech is. And I, I could just relate to it so much. Um, so, so, yeah. This is one of my favorite movies. I mean, I got to say. Um, <laughs> so... One of the first things that I noticed when they first go to the Chachi place, which is like a Chili's or something where Jennifer Aniston works, you see Brian, who's the, the other server that's super perky. 
you know, he's always like, what's up? Yeah, hi guys, how can I help you? And he has like a lot of flares, a lot of like little buttons because he's like the overachiever. And we always have these guys in, in, in job that are like that. And I'm not talking about people that just want to work harder and that are good at work. I'm talking about like the ones that are sucking up to the boss. And and, and you see it here right away. Um, You know, he says the, the, the phrase, oh, the case of the Mondays to to the three guys because, you know, He's like, no, I don't want to. I just want coffee. Oh, the case of the Mondays. I don't think people say that anymore these days. Like, oh, it's the case of the Mondays. But they, you still have these little catchphrases at work that are like just dead phrases to, to sort of fill time in the void, you know. Um, so, yeah, you see Jennifer Aniston for the first time. Here she's very young. I don't know if this is even before Friends or maybe after, but... She looks insanely amazing. She's so pretty in, in this movie. And she still is today, you know. And it seems like out of all the bunch, she's the one that maybe stayed natural. And she just looks great. I love Jennifer Aniston. And in this movie, she looks so pretty. And this is the first time we see her. Um, so, you know, here we find out that they're going to downsize. <laughs> and this is a typical issue uh in these type of situations he reminded me of the office um uh, where i think the first the first episode is about uh downsizing uh and we meet this guy i think his name is oh tom yeah we meet tom who's the guy that's like oh man i hate job i hate working here like we need to get something going like oh, oh, think of an idea like the guy that created the pet rock and now he never works you know he wanted to create this jump to conclusion mat which actually is a pretty cool idea, you know, and he does attempt it at the end. Um, so, you know, the, very quickly they, they they show you not only the where the story starts, but also they introduce how Peter lives, right? He's like in this apartment, one bedroom apartments, which I've seen a lot, like they're very classic, small apartments. Um, you know, he lives there. He has that neighbor that's very like too comfortable with like, oh, I'm going over, which it would be annoying to me. Like having a neighbor that's always like, oh, let's chill. Let's, and just very intrusive. I hate that, you know, I like being alone. So, but you know, this guy would go next door <laughs> and the construction worker, I mean, he's like a little cavalier, right? But you kind of miss a little bit of, sometimes I kind of want to just work in an, in, a, in, a, in an environment that's like that. When he asked them, she like, oh, in, in the construction side, does anyone ever say, oh, you got that case of the Monday? The guy's like, what? He's like, man, you'll get your ass kicked if you say some shit like that. <laughs> it's almost like, yeah, man, sometimes you want to be around people that are not fucking just annoying. And yeah, you know. Um, um, but yeah, so... I found this part funny where like Peter is telling the neighbor like, hey man, this Friday, I don't know if I can go fishing or whatever or play poker. Uh, I know they're going to make me work Saturday. He's like, look, I got a perfect idea. You got to just leave a little, a few hours late, earlier on Friday and turn off your answering machine. I mean, that, that is something vintage, right? You, you wouldn't do that today. And I'm like, well, that's not a, an idea. That's like, yeah, that's like just like the obvious thing. Uh, but yeah, I don't know why they thought it was such a such a great idea, right? And you know, there's this part where where the the plot starts moving because it, it starts talking about this question, like, what would you do if you had a million dollar, right? 
and, and the other guys that he had been with, they had answered like, oh, I would do this. I would invest it in this. The, one of the other guys said, no, I think this is a bullshit question. So Peter has been going around this question for a minute because the question is supposed to be like, if you had a million dollars, you would just answer the thing that you really would want to do because now money's not an object, like money's not an issue, right? And there's a part where it's funny, where he asks his neighbor, like, what would you do with a million dollars? And the neighbor, being a construction worker, a little more simple-minded, not that construction worker, a simple-minded, but this construction worker, if you saw the movie, was obviously um, simple-minded. He was like, man, I'll do it with two girls. You know, like, I wouldn't even think what happens after that. I just want to get two girls and then maybe I'll, I'll see what happens next. And then Peter, he, he's asked by his neighbor, like, what would you do if you had a million dollars? And he's like, man... I would do nothing, like literally nothing. I would just lay and just do nothing. And I related to that so much because, yeah, I mean, we, if we want to progress in life and have enjoyment and have happiness, we also need to be challenged and progress and, and do things, right, constantly. But the answer that he gave, I felt so related because he's like, yeah, like fantasy-wise, if I had, I mean, like, I mean, million dollars today is not as much as it was in 1999, but let's say the number is $100 million. It's like, I just, I would want to do nothing. Like, I would want to have no responsibilities and just do nothing. And, and I related to that. But maybe that's just my attitude. Like, that's kind of like where my fantasy goes to. Like, Kiko, you know, what's your, what's your fetish, you know? Like, what's your fetish or whatever the fuck? I'm like, bro, if I could have enough money and I just don't do nothing. Uh, but that's just the fantasy again. But that's what he says. He's like, look, I don't want to fucking do anything. So, um, so yeah. So he goes back to work, and they introduce this character Bob, who's this guy that is also the doctor from Scrub, the series, which is really good. And they pretty much hire these guys to sort of fire people, right? Like find out who's not really working, who's not needed, and let's fire them. So that's like. The main theme of the movie at the beginning where like everybody's freaking out because they're going to get fired. Uh, he, he tries to escape the office. His boss fucks him over. He's like, hey, I need you to work Friday. That scene where he's about to escape, it almost looks like the Matrix. Like that Friday a few hours before. He's like, okay, let me leave. I don't know if they're trying to imitate the Matrix or vice versa, but it looked a lot like that. But the boss catches him right when he's about to leave. He says, Peter, I need you to work Saturday and Sunday. And Peter's like, uh, okay, I got fucked. He doesn't say shit. So he leaves, and now he has to meet with his ex-girlfriend or girlfriend that they're trying to patch it up. And she's like, look, we're having issues. Let's go to a therapist. They go to the therapist, and this is 20 minutes in. This is where the movie takes like a change. And, and, that, and that's why I love the movie. It's quick to keep you excited. 20 minutes in, they go to this therapist with the wife. Or the, the girlfriend, who seems like a, you know, like, bitchy. And, and he's like, look, man, this is the thing. <laughs> I don't like to work. Can you do something to me so that I can go to work but not feel like I'm even there? Is there anything in your arsenal of tools that you can allow me to not feel like I want to shoot myself in the head every day when I have to go to work? And I, I mean, I could relate. I'm like, yeah, that would be nice. So this guy does something, the therapist, <laughs> like some voodoo shit. And he's like, at the count of three, you're going to 
relaxed and you're gonna be really relaxed and everything. You're gonna not give a fuck about things. And I think this is like what people that end up like doing, I don't know, like uh, benzos. It's like you don't want to give a fuck. That's that's what people fi- try to find, you know, or some people. And and this guy does that, right? He's like, look, at the count of three. And while he's doing that, the motherfucking therapist dies. He has a heart attack. And Peter is like already, you know, hypnotized. So from that moment on, on the movie, he's not caring anymore. Before he was scared and what the fuck's gonna happen? Now he doesn't give a fuck. So the next day, Saturday, he needs to go to work. He doesn't answer. He's like, I don't give a fuck. They put Hawaiian music. So like, it makes you feel like this guy is careless, right? That same day he goes to the restaurant that the Jennifer Aniston character works at and he's like, fuck it, I'm gonna ask her out. He, he was afraid of doing that before. He goes and does it. She says yes. And they start having a relationship. And he's funny. He just tells him, like, look, tells her, like, I'm not going to work anymore. I'm just not going to go to work anymore. Are you going to quit? He's like, no, I'm just not going to go. Um, so that whole part is, is liberating and, and funny to see because it's sort of like the fantasy you would want to play out. Or a lot of people want to play out. They're like, look, I wish I could just leave my job, you know. Uh, but obviously, you know, there's bills or shit to pay. So, but, you know, um, the, the, the movie, I think, is good at making you realize there's things in life that just are, just accept them. And then also, you could find things that are, like, a lot more tolerable if nothing, ex- you know, special happens in your life, that you can still live, like, a comfortable life doing something that, that you kind of enjoy. And that's not bad to say, like, you shouldn't have to love what you fucking work at. Like, it is work. And I think people over-idolize work, making it, oh, you have to love it. It's like, you have to love it. It's like, well, some people get lucky and they make money doing something they love. But it's impossible to think that everybody's going to love what they work for. But at least if you can, you know, tolerate, like, oh, I, I, you know, it's okay. I can come here. I mean, that's enough. You know, that's a lot. And that's what the movie sort of makes you realize, right? I think. Um... There's this hilarious scene where they're talking to to Tom, who's the guy that is older. He's been working at the company for 30 years, but he also hates it. You know, he's a he's a character where they're like, look, this guy, he's seen it all and he's endured, you know, doing something he hates for 30 years. He's a guy that's, you know, wants to create a jump to conclusion match, some some invention that can just make him rich and he doesn't have to work. So they're questioning him, what does he do for the company? And this scene is hilarious because he's like, he's sort of like the middleman between the engineers and the final client. So he, he, he has to speak to the clients, find out what they need, and then tell the engineers what they need. And the engineers sort of prepare, right? So he's trying to explain, like, look, the clients and the engineers, they don't know how to talk to each other because the engineer, and, and I can understand this. Like, I've seen this in the past where there's a team of, of developers or engineers where, like, they're not client um oriented you know they're more like technical and shit and you have somebody that sort of is, is the one that the liances between the two and sort of makes them both understand but in the way that these guys explaining it to them he's like look i take the i take the specifications for the client and i give them to the engineers okay so you physically go and get it it's like no they fax it here and then you physically go and take it to the guy. It's like no 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 my, my assistant does Okay, so then what the fuck do you do? And he's like, no, they need me. I need to speak to the people. I'm a people's person. I got people skills. So he has to justify what, what he does in the company, right? And, and it's just funny to see that, you know. 
so Tom, you know, he's we're gonna see a lot of him later in the film, but he's just so funny because you I seen that guy, like I seen that guy at work, you know what I mean? So I know who who that is. Um. Uh, so th there's this scene, right? Also, because not only in the corporate world where Jennifer Aniston works, she's at this like, yeah, like like a restaurant, like Chili's or or IHOP type shit, and they have to wear like these little flares on their clothes, and and the guy's like, oh, you know, you should you should wear more, and she's like, okay, but do I need to wear more? Because I have 15, which is the minimum required, right? Amount of pieces of flare in my in my clothing. Like, no, I mean, that's the minimum, but you should want more. So she's like, so do you want me to put more? Like, no, it's about you wanting to put more. And a lot of times at jobs, they want you to like, oh, no, we want you to be. In. It's like, no, man, this is my job. Like, you pay me to do what you tell me I need to do, right? Whatever we agree to. But I hate it when they try to make you be encouraged to do extra things. It's like, no, why the fuck would I want to do that? Like, you do that when you have like a, your own project. Your own shit that's yours. And you're like, yeah, I'm going to put extra hours in this bitch because this is going to help me, you know, later. Like, I'm putting a little seed here. I'm planting and I'll get fruits later. But at jobs, they, they, they do this fucking bullshit at times. And this happens in every type of job. Where it's like they, they want you to have this creative explosion of ideas to continue to help in the company outside of what you're getting paid for. And it's like, yeah, that's not, that's not the gig. So they're telling Jennifer Aniston, like, hey, you need to do more. And she's like, okay, but do I need to? She's like, well, you should want to. And she's like, can you just fucking tell me? Like, I'll put 37 pieces of flair, but just tell me. Don't fucking, you know, don't don't make me want to desire that because I don't desire that. You're the one that fucking wants me to. So anyways. um, So, uh, so then Peter, right, goes... And talks to the regulators, right? To the Bob character. He has to justify his job. He straight up just says, look, man, I arrived 15 minutes late. I come through to the side door, right? And I'll be honest with you. The first hour, I just blank out. I just space out. I stare at my computer, but I'm not really doing anything. Um, and then after lunch, I space out for another hour. I kind of just do 15 minutes of work in the week. And that's it. And the regulators are like, what? He's like, yeah, you know, it's just, I don't really care. You know, it's, um, there's a phrase that he says, he, he says, uh, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so, yeah, he's like, um, you know, you know, man, it's a problem of motivation. Right, like if I work harder, the company makes more. I don't get shit for that. So, yeah, I'm not really motivated. And he just tells it straight to them like it is. And instead, instead of them like saying, "Oh, this guy's a piece of shit. We need to fire them," they're like, "Oh, this guy's upper management. This guy has upper management written all over him. This guy is great." Because um, he starts talking about the TPS reports and how annoying and time-consuming they are. So it's funny because he actually flips on the boss and he's now, the boss is now questioned by the regulators like, hey, why are you wasting so much time on this TPS report? And also Peter, he's not bad. He's great. He's upper management. You know, we got to get him up. So Peter just doesn't want to do shit at work, but he's, you know, that attitude gets him out. So it's funny, you know, sometimes, I mean, that doesn't really happen in life, but 
it's it's kind of like cool to see it in in the movie. But okay, so pretty much a lot of them are gonna be fire. Peter finds out that his two friends are gonna be fire. So he tells them, he's like, "Hey, bro, you guys are gonna get fired by Friday. They haven't told you yet." And they start scheming, right? Well, really, mainly Peter, because the other guy, that played by David Herman, the guy with the glasses, pretty funny guy. He's like, "Oh, there's like this virus that I, you know, that I could clean out little by little with scents uh, and take out all this money from the company." And Peter's like, "What?" And he's like, "Oh, maybe we should do it." He's like, nah, that's illegal. Oh, but you're getting fired. And he, you know, convinces them. So they're now going to do this little criminality thing. Okay. And this happens at the 45-minute mark. So now you have, boom, another plot. Not twist, but the movie starts taking different currents. And, and, and you get sucked into it because it's really interesting. But also funny along the way. Samir is like this foreign guy that's part of the team. Super funny. Um, you, you hear a lot of like hip hop across in the movie, which is, is funny to see mixed in with like this corporate 90s world. It's just cool. And not just corporate, like, like Wolf of Wall Street corporate, more like shitty corporate, like cheap corporate, you know, <laughs> like in business centers that are very, not buildings, but, you know, not high buildings, but more like, yeah, you know, it's just different. It's just different. But you, Office Space gives you that. And I think a lot of people could relate. Like, leave in the comments, what do you think of the aesthetics that this movie used at the time and also how it aged, like, 24 years, 25 years later? I think it looks even better. Like, it looks crisp as fuck. I just love it. I just love this movie. Um, okay, so they start scheming about, you know, this, the, 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 this thing. Um... And, and 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 it's funny because there's a scene where like hip hop sounds, where Peter goes in with a disc and he puts in the virus that's gonna get them the thing because they decide they're gonna do it, and and, and it's all like a like a, like a scene where they're just writing like down down, and the Peter gets the the pen drive. Well, it's not even a pen drive; it's a disc because back then that's what they used, and he puts the fucking virus, and they're like celebrating right because they did it, Samir. It's like breakdancing out of nowhere because they got it, right? So things are going well. And as we know in the movie, the problem that happens is that the actual program that they put in, instead of taking out the pennies little by little, it did it all like very quick. And thus, now there's a problem because it's like 300 something thousand dollars missing right away instead of it being done throughout years little by little. Um... So, after that, uh, they get told the story about Tom wanting to kill himself, but instead he gets crushed by a truck. Well, not crushed, but yeah, it's an accident. So, Tom now has uh, this settlement with a lot of money, so pretty much he's happy. They go to his house, they have the little party where he tells them that now he's set. Um, and at this stage, they're like, okay. Everything's cool. They haven't found out that the program failed. The next day when they go to check the bank account, now they see that all this money came through really quick instead of it being by small increments. So now they think, okay, we're fucked. We're going to jail. But this is where there's a twist at the end. 
Milton, who has been <laughs> fucked the whole movie, he's been told to move away and away farther. Now he's told to get a desk in the basement and the motherfucking boss piece of shit tells him, look, by the way, you know, we kind of have a roach problem, cockroach problem. So if you can grab, you know, some, some, a lantern and just go around, you know, scoot around, try to kill some of them. This guy was going insane. They took a stapler, which is a classic from this movie. I haven't even mentioned the stapler, but yeah, they took his red stapler. So he's pissed off. And even though Peter went and like, Peter's like, look, we're fucked. Now we have all this money. They're going to fuck, fuck us. He writes a check for the whole amount and he goes and leaves it underneath the um, sort of the office of the boss, right? But then that same day, Milton burns the fucking place down because he's pissed off at these people, right? And you kind of live a fantasy through them. Like, I'm sure everybody has worked in a place where you're like, fuck, I just want to burn this place down. Uh, but not really, but but yeah, but really. So so you're like, okay, cool. They're straight. Sort of like, that's, that's when the movie gets the resolution. We're like, okay, it's all cool. They can't check. Now it's all burned. Peter's like, oh, I gave him the check. But that, you know... They can't find out now because everything's burned anyways. And that's pretty much how the movie ends. Um, Peter ends up working construction with his neighbor. That also worked construction. And he's just happy. He's like, look, man. His friends come through, Samir and the other guy. And they're like, look, we can get you a, a job in the new place in Otron or some shit. Because they always have the same type of name. He's like, nah, man, I'm cool. I like being in the sun, being outside, working here. It's cool. And it made me feel like, man, that's cool. Sometimes, sometimes that's like, that's the type of job that some people prefer. I think I would prefer it too. Like, you know, working some sort of skill that's outside, like a technical skill or, you know, using some sort of machinery. Like, who knows, you know, like that shit more interactive than like being in an office. And that's what the movie, I think, um, is one of the messages. Um, you know, at the end, the, the real message of the movie, I think, is maybe to not conform. But also, at the end, there's this scene with Jennifer Aniston where he tells her, look, I think I'm going to go to jail. So I just want to tell you, like, I'm sorry. And she forgives them and they're cool. She's like, look. Because he tells her, I think the problem is me. I think it's just like, I don't want to go to work and I hate it. And she's like, yeah, everybody does. Like. Yeah, like not everybody's gonna love their job, and that's that's okay. You gotta accept that. And you know where I saw that happen as well, Bruce Almighty, and I think it's Jennifer Aniston in that movie too, where she tells him something like, "Yeah, like that's life, and we need to work." And I like a movie that's not all happy, lovey-dovey. Like it gives you like a real message that, yeah, I mean, sometimes life—it's not that it sucks, but there's things that you gotta do. You know, and yeah, and we strive and fight to try to get in that place where everything that we do, we love doing and, and it makes our lives better and happier. But I think people idolize work having to be something that you love. Like, no, you get paid for it. You wouldn't do it if you weren't being paid for it. So, so that's that. Uh, aside from that, I just think it was a cool story. It was funny. It was, uh, it had some emotion. Uh, I was invested in the characters the whole time. I don't know. Uh, I know this movie isn't like a crazy, super deep movie, but just because you give me an hour and 24 minutes of this 
very refreshing, uh, both visually, but also through the message, through the story. It has a, a resolution. It has its pivoting moments. I just think it brings it all. And I think this is Mike Judge's best piece uh, piece of, of, of content, of, of, of art, in my opinion, to, you know, to my liking. I really love this movie. It's in my top 10. And the Broski Doodles Rector scale, I would definitely give it... I would give it an eight. I would I would fucking give this movie an eight. And I love it. And, and I could rewatch it. I think I've seen it over 10 times. Uh, let me know what you guys think of Office, Office Space. I, you know, it's a classic. Uh, it wasn't a movie that did magically when it came out in the theaters. But I think across the years, it, it's become a classic in the, you know, in the more niche underground sets of people if you haven't seen it and you listen to the whole thing i mean still go watch it it's a fucking great movie you can see jennifer aniston when she was you know young uh she's still beautiful today but in that movie i think she's as pretty as ever and yeah let me know what you guys think if you have any recommendations any movies that you think i should review in the broski doodles we'll definitely take that into consideration we're on napster we're on pirate bay itunes spotify youtube Anywhere that you can download podcasts, we're there. You can pirate it, you can, you know, you can get it any, anyway. Thank you guys for tuning in. Peace.